Welcome back, everyone, to Highlighted and All Sports Culture Podcast. Me, Sam, no Sully again. He'll hopefully be back on Thursday, uh, but he's enjoying his travels. But this episode, uh, with the NBA playoffs starting up, you know, we did some NBA content last week on the podcast. This episode, we will be doing our NBA awards, kind of be going through MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, et cetera, and et cetera. But before we get into that, we do want to talk about the play-in tournament because those teams are set. The play-in tournament is transpiring this week, so let's talk about that a little bit. So, like I said, NBA... Wait, before we get started, okay, I want to ask you this. Hit me. Are you pro or not pro play-in tournament? I, okay, I don't hate it. I think it's getting a very negative response by people. I think it's kind of cool, like this whole concept. And, you know, obviously with like the year we've had and it being weird, it's good to kind of try things out. So I don't hate it. Um, we'll kind of see how it, and you can't really judge something unless it's happened. Like if this playing tournament happens and it's like both electric games, then I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, and if it sucks, then I think the NBA knows for the future never to implement this again. So I don't hate the idea. Thing is, I am so pro playing. Like I am massively pro playing as pro playing can get. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at yesterday and how many games went down to the wire because of the play-in tournament. Right. You're thinking about, you know, Memphis warriors you know that was for the eight seed so that one team could play one game instead of two or they have two chances to get into the playoffs rather than just one and i love that i love that it's inspiring teams to be more competitive by getting into the playoffs like also the wizards versus the uh the hornets yesterday that game was freaking amazing and we would not have had that oh well we probably could have because it's a nine eight but that game was just amazing. And if you remember, we haven't had like a true like win or go home, like playoff situation game since I think in like 2018 with Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves when they played the Nuggets. Do you remember that game? Yeah. That game was amazing. It went to overtime. It was awesome. And I love that we're getting that constantly now throughout the season because you're now seeing more teams give a shit like down the stretch and want to make a run for the playoffs. And this play-in tournament allows teams to get a shot at the playoffs. And I love that. And it's inspiring more teams to do something <laughs> with their, with their teams. I mean, we even saw the bulls go for it and they obviously didn't, that didn't happen. And it's, it's just awesome because you're seeing runs by teams like Russell Westbrook on the wizards, for example, or this amazing, I don't even know what to say about Steph Curry and you're just getting all that. And it's just, it's awesome. I love it. And I think they should continue to do it. And these eight, nine games that are going to be happening, you know, after the two initial games, they're going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. And I I agree with you in the sense of like, anytime you can add a competitive nature to something, it's good. And that's why I've always been like a fan of like, and you know, the MLB doesn't do it anymore, but like whoever won the all-star game got home field advantage in the world series, because 
you that was the most competitive all-star game out of all the sports and it was actually kind of fun to see that happen so you know anytime like you said you can kind of get teams to play a more competitive nature it's fun to see so yeah it is happening to play in tournament uh celtics with the seventh seed they're going to play the wizards first round or not first round but with the first playing tournament seven versus eight pacers will play the hornets as the nine and ten seeds and then for the west side the lakers will play the warriors and then the grizzlies will play the spurs that's you know lakers and warriors is seven eight grizzlies and spurs as the uh nine and ten uh lakers got the seventh seed you know obviously lebron showcases frustration with the playing tournament he's gonna have to play in it and as for the Trailblazers, didn't mention him, but uh, they're the sixth seed, and that guy uh, got his house that uh, bet on the forty-two wins. Oh, you want you want me to tell you something? I yeah, saw his, it was a two hundred dollars. It was a two hundred dollar yeah. bet. It's it's pathetic. I was like, are you kidding me? Because I mean, it was funny because like we saw however long ago, Dame was like, I'm gonna get you there, and then he actually got it at that point, and then it's like, not to say that two hundred bucks is no money, but compared to a house. I mean, the Blazers, they crumbled near the end of the season. Yeah. Like, they had some really bad losses near the end of the season. And I'm thinking of that Suns game from, like, I mean, a week ago. Look at it, though. I mean, more so, like, recent, recent. They've been playing a lot better. They're 8-2 and then two, eight and two in their last yeah, yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean from, like, when they were in that five-game losing streak. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I love that first round matchup they have, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. The to see Nuggets, yeah. yeah. They just played them yesterday, but the Nuggets obviously weren't really trying. They were trying to dodge, they were trying to dodge the Lakers all they could. Exactly. Uh, I mean, the Clippers did a good job of doing that. Uh, oh, and... my God. That was just... Yeah. They're playing a dude named Jay Scrub for 40 minutes. That should tell you everything you need to know about, Hilarious. Yeah. about their tank job. They lost to the worst team in the NBA in the Rockets. And they also lost to the Thunder, who haven't won a game. They've only won one game in the past two months. Yeah. I should tell you everything you need to know about the tank job that the Clippers did just to Mm -hmm. dodge the Lakers. Hey, I mean, we'll see what happens in their first-round matchup against Dallas. But let's talk about the playing tournament, because that is what we're talking about here. We'll start with the East, Celtics-Wizards. Um, coming up soon. And if you guys aren't familiar on the podcast, how the playing tournament works, basically the winner of seven, eight will advance and be the seven seed in the playoffs. Then the loser of the seven, nine will play the winner of nine and 10. And the winner of that game will go and be the eight seed. Um, so basically it's a big difference being the eight or the nine seed. Like that is a monumental difference. And we've seen that, you know, obviously it's a bit of monumental difference because eight seed you're in, nine seed or not but this year it just showcases again you know how big of a difference that one seed can be but celtics play the wizards uh celtics were at a 36 and 36 record wizards at 34 and 38 um i mean i'm a wizards fan you guys know that i'm pumped for this game i feel confident in this game obviously i think boston can beat us but the way we're playing the way that boston's kind of regressing as the year's gone on you know, we talked about that in the last podcast, how they're just a very inconsistent squad. I'm feeling good. And, you know, this Wizards team, after starting horribly, you know, it was a very rough start. We've been playing much better basketball. And I think that we're getting hot at the right time. The only downside is Bradley Beal would not be 100% for that Boston game. He even came out and said that against Charlotte, he wasn't 100%. And, you know, 
as he was going for that scoring title, you could kind of see that he wasn't 100% himself. And we'll, we won't get that against uh, Boston, but I still feel good. Uh, I'm feeling confident, and I'm excited. I, I'm hoping we get into the playoffs. What? And I know we're going to have this conversation, and you know, obviously I want to beat Boston to get in. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wanting to play Philadelphia over Brooklyn. <laughs> and it's like, but I'm not going to want to be like, let's lose to Boston, then hopefully beat Indiana or Charlotte. Because I'm not going to want to be like risking us not getting in just to play a Sixers team. You know Look, what I mean? I do want to bring this up. Your games against Brooklyn this year have been very close. Yeah, they have. Now, I don't think you've played them at full strength but they've been very close games and very high scoring games because both your team's defense are some of the worst fucking things I've ever seen, but the offense though, the offense that's is a good thing. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I'm, your prediction is wizards. I'm guessing yes, wizards. And am, am I biased in that pick? Probably. I don't care. <laughs> well, I will say this. I think this Boston team is just broken. I think they're done. Like they look so out of spirit as of late. And ever since Jalen Brown's gone down, it's just kind of like suck the life out of them. Exactly. And they, the wizards, I think you've played Boston three times this year. Correct. I I believe so. Yeah. So you've, and you played them at the beginning of the season, you lost by nine, but that was when you guys were horrible out the gate. Yeah. And then you played them a little bit later and you won by 13. And you also played them uh, like two months ago and you lost by one. So you've had some pretty close games for the most part. And, well, I mean, the game we lost by one, we were up by like, yeah, I, I remember that. With I remember like that game. barely yeah. any time left, and we choked it hard. So that sucked. But it's worth noting that Jalen Brown isn't there. Yeah. And with how the Wizards have been playing as of late, I'm gonna ride the I'm gonna ride the hot hand and go with with the Wizards. I think they're in the mindset of we'll play anyone that comes our way, even if that is Brooklyn. And I do think I think we can get a game off Brooklyn. I think you could too. I don't. I don't see two. I think it's a no. No, game. I. I meant two as in, as well. Oh. Uh, I was about to say. I mean, I like the confidence. Could, I think you could win game one. Like kind of how the Magic took off a game of the Raptors or a few like years ago. Ro- yeah, the Rockets with uh, the Lakers. Yeah, I think you could just surprise them right out the gate because Brooklyn is gonna be this is gonna be their first game back together in like forever, mm-hmm. and they're probably gonna be a little wonky out the gate. And you guys have been just playing like on fire. Russell Westbrook has been freaking amazing the past couple of weeks, and Bradley Beal, he was close to the scoring title, but Steph Curry happened, and it's just a matter of riding the hot hand or going with the team that's better, but they've been playing like absolute dog crap as of late and they're missing their best player of this year. Jalen Brown was the best Celtics player this year. And I will not be told otherwise he was. And the Celtics have very real flaws. I think they're just completely done with this season. So I'm going with the wizards. They're going to be the seven seed. Yeah. So talk about the Pacers Hornets. Cause that's the nine, 10 won't spend too much time on this. Um, I don't know. 
the Pacers have been kind of a mess as of late. Um, the Hornets have been kind of as well, but they've dealt with some injuries. We also saw the LaMelo injury, and there weren't a lot of expectations on this Hornets team coming into the year. As for the Pacers, obviously there's not high-end expectations for an Indiana squad, but you know they're always projected to be like a mid-range in the playoffs, like a five or six seed. Now they're the seven seed, or what am I saying, nine seed. Um, so they'll get a crack at the Hornets. Um, the Hornets have been playing bad. They've lost five straights. Uh, so we'll see if that continues into this game. But what are you expecting out of these two? Well, it's interesting because Indiana could be out with a lot of players. Um, if Turner and Brogdon are out, which is a real possibility, they could easily drop this one. But I don't think the Hornets have an answer for DeMontis Sabonis. I just don't think they do. And you saw them. They were up by like 15 yesterday to the Wizards in the fourth quarter. And they just completely fumbled it and just lost that game. And the Wizards don't have a dominant option at big. They just don't. They have Daniel Gafford. Uh, Alex Len. What do you oh, mean? yeah, Alex Len, one of the worst. Maryland ever. legend. <laughs> Go Terps. But this Hornets team, I this this game is very interesting because it's just the Pacers who look completely crumbled because of the their coaching situation and all their injuries. We just don't know how they look at full strength and with a good coach. And then we have the Hornets who are young and inexperienced but they obviously have more drive to them if that makes sense but they could mess up a lot easier so i don't know what i would prioritize in this instance what would you prioritize in this instance i i I just feel like the situation in indiana i kind of compare it to like boston where i just think they're so fed up with the season and I don't know how much that will affect them. And the thing is the like one game we're talking about so much we've seen throughout like the last couple weeks of the season, but like one game, you can say fuck everything. And it's literally one game. Anything can happen. That's the beauty of the playing tournament because, and that's why we value like the NFL playoffs so much. It's because it's one game. And that's why this is going to be a lot more fun than I think like a series because Anything can happen. You know that most of these games are going to go down to the wire. We probably won't have a blowout. So even though the Pacers and technically the Hornets have been a little bit of a weird situation, anything can happen. Um, I'm going to value – I think the Hornets will win. I'm going to go with the Hornets. Um, I just think that they are kind of in a mindset, not where it's like let's just go out and say fuck it, because they're such a young squad. They're having a lot of fun. I've talked about that on last week's podcast. And I think that with Indiana squad, that is in a weird situation, coaching standpoint, injuries, a lot can go wrong. So I'm going to go with the Charlotte team that's going to play Boston in the uh, second playing game. I'm going to go with the Pacers because I think Hayward not being there is a big deal. And because the Hornets are so inexperienced, they, you just saw them yesterday. They crumbled against the Wizards in the, in, down the stretch. They needed a guy to go to to get a bucket, like who is experienced in the playoffs, 
They needed that guy. And not having Hayward is a very big deal. So if they can, if the Pacers can get at least one of Brogdon or Turner back, I think they will pretty handily win this game. Um, I don't think it'll be like close, close, but I think it'll be like an eight point win, something like that. I don't know, but I'll go with the Pacers. All right. And then out of Pacers Celtics, who do you have? I'm going to Boston. Yeah. I'm going to go Boston over to the Hornets. So Boston has the eight seed wizards as the seven seed. We agree on. Yes. All right. Western Conference. So Lakers-Warriors is definitely the most exciting of the playing games. Uh, the Lakers are the seventh seed, Warriors are the eighth seed, and we saw Steph Curry last night. I mean, unbelievable. It was just, <laughs> I mean, the guy is just on another tear. Um, and you're seeing that, like you said, with these games that are coming down and determining the seeding for the playing tournament, he was unbelievable. Um, and then we got the Grizzlies as the nine seed, Spurs as the 10th seed. Um, but like I said, Lakers warriors is definitely going to be the most fun. I think the most enjoyable, most entertaining. Um, I think we're both going to go with the Lakers here, but I was talking to my friend today and we were talking about the playing tournament and I easily, not easily, but I can definitely see the warriors winning this game though. I think that the Lakers will win this, but the way the warriors have been playing, or at least the way that Steph Curry has been playing I mean, you even saw with Draymond, where it was like, we're no We Believe team. We have fucking Steph Curry. I mean, when you have Steph Curry on your team, the way he's been playing right now, if he's going off, they can legitimately beat any team in the league. Um, He's unbelievable. Um, And I'm going to go with the Lakers. And even if Steph Curry has a great game, obviously the problem is you see the supporting foundation that the Warriors have. Obviously, they have like a Draymond Green, but you go down the list of the roster and it has nothing really compared to that L.A. squad. I'm going to go with L.A., but I definitely can see Golden State winning this game. Yeah, I I can also see that very easily as well, seeing the Warriors win this game because you got Steph Curry, you know, you, you have as good of a chance as anyone to win a game. And... Man, this is actually like probably the hardest, the hardest pick of the play-in tournament. Like, would you agree? Yeah. I I'm also going with the Lakers. I'll be cheering for the Warriors, though, that's for sure. I am too, but I don't think LeBron James is just gonna let exactly the play-in tournament get the best of him. Could you imagine if the Lakers got knocked off in the play-in tournament? Yeah. Oh, my God. Adam Silver would go into a coma. James would have a field day in chat. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be fucking hilarious. It but, I mean, the, the Warriors have Steph Curry, but the Lakers have the best player in basketball. And the and, guy who has proved everyone wrong every single year. Exactly. And <laughs> the, the Lakers – have had the best defense in the NBA without LeBron or AD. They have the wing defenders to throw at Steph Curry if need be. Even though no one truly can contain Steph Curry. And I mean, you saw yesterday, Dylan Brooks was doing a damn good job on him for most of the game. And then Brooks followed out. And right when he followed out, the Warriors went on an insane run led by Steph Curry, of course. And that's no coincidence. And I think the Lakers have the bodies that can contain not contain him but i mean uh, let, let's just say that 
Steph Curry, how many points do you think Steph Curry is responsible for in a Warriors game? Like if he scores 35, let's say he scores 35 and he has like five assists, okay? Yeah. And those assists are twos and threes, okay? That puts him up to like 50, okay? How many points a game do you think he is responsible for just by his sheer gravity? Because the Warriors offense uses like, him so over, well de- by like moving over, him. I, I don't know, like they ex- move him all over the place to drag defenders and leave wide open lanes yeah, and I mean, dunker spots. I feel like it'd shit. be impossible to give like an like numerical value or like even a percentage because that's super hard to guess. But your point obviously is it's a damn lot. I mean, he's going to account for so much. And you even hear guys across the league say it. Like, he's the, people will say he's the hardest guy to guard in the league because just his movement off the ball is just what no one else can do. And even when you're doing a good job of just containing him beyond the perimeter or even when he goes inside, he can make those contested shots. Like, there's so much that he can do. And that's why he's extremely valuable to this Warriors team. So, I mean, if I had to guess, like over three fourths, I don't know the exact value. I agree. Yeah, I mean, so he's gonna play a shit ton of minutes in this game, and as he should. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm just saying, if Clay Thompson's in this game, I'm picking the Warriors way. I'm picking them super easily, but also, I also they wouldn't even be in the play. That's what I'm saying. If well, Clay Thompson and- was on the team. You can make the same thing for the Lakers, though. If they have LeBron and AD for well, most of the year, no shit. But I'm yeah. just saying, like. This this Warriors team, like, let's be honest. This Warriors team is fucking garbage outside of Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Juan Toscano-Anderson. And, <laughs> and Wiggins is New actually a two-year deal member of the Golden congrats, State Warriors. Congrats to Juan, the GOAT. Love and I mean, guy. Wiggins has been better, but this team is fucking trash if it wasn't for Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So... If if Steph Curry gets it going, they have as good of a shot to beat the Lakers as anyone in the league. That, that's it's just, just it's so funny seeing simple. like four guys on Steph Curry. You'll just see like a picture and there's just four guys around him, and you're like, that's what it has to come to when you're guarding Steph Curry. It's it was it was absolutely hilarious yesterday because right after Dylan Brooks fouled out, they ran up. They ran a play where Steph Curry is at the top of the key and Draymond comes up for a screen. Steph Curry comes around he pa- and the two defenders go to Steph and then he passes it to Draymond. Both of the defenders, for some reason, go to Draymond. Draymond just passes it back to Steph. Steph pulls up and he hits a three and it's just, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And yeah. it completely iced the game and he hit like three threes in a row after Brooks went out. It was just, it was magic. I, I Steph Curry is probably my favorite player in the league outside of a buck uniform. He's just I don't know how someone could hate him. Like honestly. Yeah. No. He's just revolutionized basketball. He is. And I, I would love to see like how people will rank him when it's all said and done with his career. Because the converse and I know we're kind of going off track here, but like the conversation for best point guard ever, let's have it. There's I, might, a damn I might have him as number one. Right. I mean, you look at his resume, like you said, absolutely changed the way basketball. Three-time champion, MVP winner. There's many accolades that he has. He's going to continue to climb up lists. 
I mean, if he wins another ring, I mean, I think. Sheesh. I, I don't know what to say. Right. All right. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about Grizzlies Spurs. Um, so the Grizzlies are the ninth seed, Spurs are the 10th seed. I'm going to go with Grizzlies. Um, the Spurs are five games back out of the Grizzlies. Um, the Spurs have been, you know, weird. Yeah. I don't know. They've just been like a very meh team. And like they were projected to be terrible this year. So if you're meh as opposed to terrible, that's, I guess, better and good. And at least you have a shot to make the playoffs. But this Grizzlies team, I think it's just not night and day better, but definitely a better squad than the Spurs team if we're talking about the present tense right now. Yeah, I mean, the difference maker in this game is DeMar DeRozan. Um, if he's on it, I mean, you could – he's like the only player in that game that's like going – who's a very experienced like playoff performer, but he sucks in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, I don't I don't consider the play the play-in as playoffs. You know, like – so if the Spurs were in the play-in last year, their playoff streak does not continue if that makes sense. They'd have to yeah. be the eighth seed in order for the playoff streak. But I'm also going to go with the Grizzlies. I mean, if you watched the Spurs yesterday, they played all of their starters against the Suns, and the Suns were rolling out their bench squad, and the Suns won and beat and came and outscored them down the stretch. In that and, what, and I mean, and when they played this, because they played back-to-back against the Suns, yeah. the game before, they put up like 140 points. I know. It's They're like, a weird team. Defensively, they were, they were the a shit show West. that game. They're at the top of the West at some point. Yeah. And well, not the top team, but they were like like high up, yeah. High seed. Yeah. And I that was like when DeMar DeRozan was going off, but they've got really good like this team is younger than you'd expect. And they've got some guys who are playing really well this year, like Yaka Pertle, who's like got a case for all defensive team. And it's just the, the Grizzlies are better. I don't yeah. know how else to put it. And they have such a deep roster that I'm just, I can't say. It's no. going to be kind of fun because when tomorrow has gone from San Antonio at the end of the year, it's like San Antonio will be such a young squad. And obviously they'll have like older pieces on it, but it's fine. They're going to be basically in a rebuilding state or at least with a young talent standpoint. And we've never really seen Popovich coach a team like that. Like we've like, you know, we've oh, seen, man contenders out of him and you go back to the late 90s with Duncan that carries on into the 2000s even at the end of their career in 2014 and then even in like the 2016 era when they're still like the six seven late seeds they're still contending just not to the point you'd expect and now it's like they're gonna suck and it's gonna be kind of cool to see how it's gonna do so I'm excited yeah the last time they were bad was the year that they tanked for Tim Duncan because they had a ton of injuries that year. So they were just like, they pulled the Warriors last year. Mm-hmm. You know, when Steph Curry and, and Dre, Steph Curry went out and they were like, okay, we'll just tank, get a high draft pick. And that's exactly what the Spurs did in the late 90s. They got the first pick, took Tim Duncan. Rest is history. They yes, sir. in 20 years straight of playoff success. And uh, yeah, the Grizzlies are just better. I, I don't know how else to put it, but I think we'll have the same answer for this this last playing game yeah so playing scene we have the warriors and the grizzlies warriors yeah i mean we just hyped up steph curry so hard and we just saw him literally yesterday dismantle that team yeah 
Sorry, Grizzlies. I mean, they're fun. I love, I love the Grizzlies so much. They rebuild the right way. They don't yeah. tank. They actually try their fucking asses off. And they have really good young players. They have a lot of young fun. pieces, which are fun to watch. All right. So you want to get into our awards now? Yes, sir. All right. We'll start with rookie of the year. You get with that? Sure. All right. Rookie of the year. This is basically a two-man race. Um, I was campaigning for the Tyrese for MVP for like a day. Uh, I don't know. MVP? Oh, man. Rookie of the year. That too. MVP. (laughs) Of course. It has to be. Um, I could get behind that. Love Tyrese. He was like the draft crush. Um, I don't know what who they were playing, but he dropped like 30-something. And I was like, this guy is the man. Um, and then I even tweeted Tyrese for MVP. That's not going to happen anymore. Anyway, it's a two-man <laughs> race between LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. I'm going to go with LaMelo, though. Well, I do want to inform you that Tyrese Halliburton's career high is only 28. So. And it was probably 28. <laughs> Close to 30. But, it's close enough. Uh, yes. I am also going with LaMelo Ball because Anthony Edwards was fucking trash in the first half of the season. Now, you could attribute that to their head coach. Yeah. Ryan Saunders was brutal as their head coach at the start of this year. And Anthony Edwards reflected that. He was just, just bad. He was flat out terrible at the start of the year. And then they switch over to Chris Finch, middle of the year, which was very weird. Do you remember how that like went down? They like fired him and immediately hired Chris Finch. Yeah, weird process. Yeah, and like all the the coaching association was not happy with that or something <laughs> like that. Well, I mean, they were searching for his replacement while he's still in the job, and he didn't know. Like yeah. that's kind of, and they were hiring dudes behind the scenes. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, he's done a fine job. Oh, he's done good. Yeah, no, he's done a good job. Anthony Edwards has played really damn well, but LaMelo Ball has been a sensation all year, and I know he had his injury, but the Hornets are in the play-in, and the Wolves are not. And they are terrible. I will say, though, we'll get into this, but this rookie class is a lot better than we expected it to be. There's a lot of good pieces to it, and it's cool because you always like to see those guys succeed. All right, next one. You name it. Uh, let's do let's do an easy one. Most improved. Not only is this guy the greatest Nick, says Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but Julius Randle. Not yeah. even close. I love Julius Randle. Sully, you're a dumbass for saying he sucks. I'm holding <laughs> you that to you. Um I mean, you can't really blame him for saying that, though. He was not that good before the season. Um, he did a couple of things good, but a lot of that's because of what Thibs has done. Did you watch the Woj podcast with Randall? I did. I mean, Randall went on and on about how much he adores Thibs, and everyone in that Knicks locker room adores him. And I'm not trying to hype up Thibs because obviously we're talking about Randall here, but it's all just the fit with Thibs and his offense, and Randall is just flourished. He's going to be all NBA second team, and it's going to be awesome because he's had an unbelievable year. He's been fantastic, and it's unbelievable to say that because he was so bad for the Knicks. And there's really no contest. Like, no one can debate this. Like, this is probably the most landslide award, in my opinion, Yeah. Um, even more so than MVP. And 
he's just been fantastic. The Knicks have been fantastic. He has just been the diamond in the rough that they've needed. I mean, they signed him in the offs. I remember in 2019 when the Knicks thought they were getting Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Zion Williamson the same offseason. And then Kyrie and Katie go to the, the Nets across the city. And then Zion goes all the way down to New Orleans. And the Knicks are stuck with RJ Barrett. They're like, oh, fuck. And then what are we going to do in free agency? They signed Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, and all these rotational players. And all the Knicks fans were depressed. And everyone hated Julius Randle because of that. And we're clowning on him. And now he's their franchise player. And the MVP chance at the garden. It's awesome. Literally. And yeah. it's, it's a crazy turnaround. And RJ has been great this year too. It's just like, give it some time. Obviously the tips hire has a lot to do with this, but I'm curious how much is Julius Randall getting paid this off season? Because I think they're maxing him. Yeah. It's a shit ton. It's me. They're going to max him. <laughs> he deserves it. And I think I, I, if you're New York, give him whatever he wants. He, he wants to it. stay, obviously. Right. So awesome. Keep um, the playoffs in New York because when the Knicks are good, basketball is fun. Good. Yeah, I agree. I've I've never I I genuinely think this out of the many years that I've watched basketball and I've watched like dedicatedly for like almost ten years now. I would say. I have never rooted for a non wizards team as much as this Knicks team. I don't think I'm, I, I genuinely mean that I cheer for That's the Knicks awesome. every single time they play. They're fun. I just think it's the whole like Mecca of basketball. It's everything. The fans, Randall, Thibs, Madison square garden. They have, they've like just everything adds up and it's just like the perfect piece of a puzzle. I love it. It's awesome. All right, I don't want to talk to Knicks too much. All right, let's do six. We'll, we'll we'll get to them when we do our playoff predictions later in the week. Yeah. we can we can gush about them later. Oh, I'll, I'll trust me. You'll be hearing a lot about them. I that. think I I think I know who you're picking to win that series. Then, but all right, yeah, move on. Sixth man, I think we're gonna have the same answer here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jordan Clarkson. Oh, this- I have a different answer. Hmm. The thing is, though. Like that, the Jazz squad, it's just like the death on their team is unbelievable. And he's mm-hmm. been, I think, the focal point and the like true guy off the bench for them. And you were, you know, you were talking about the Jazz and why you go all across the board down their bench. They can have so many guys who can play. And that's evident of why they're the one seed and they were 19 and one in that 20 game streak. I'm going to go with him. He's been unbelievable, super under the radar guy for at least the first end of the season. And then now you realize the production he's done averaging almost 20 points per game coming off the bench. And like I said, a real reason for why the jazz are now in that one game or that one seed, lots of credit goes to him and he's going to be my pick. Well, my pick, same team, different player. Okay. I got Joe Ingles. Yeah. He has been, fucking amazing this year and i'm not understating that that like he has been fantastic for them and jordan clarkson was the run not runaway but he was in the lead for most of the season but as of late he's kind of teetered off do i think that joe ingles joe ingles has just been an efficiency freak this year his true shooting kurt what do you think his true shooting percentages this year the average in the league is 52 
And we're talking about Ingles? Yes. Clarkson's is 58. I'm going to go with 66. 70. Sheesh. I know. Now, and I think Ingles is better. It's just how the sixth man of the year award works is it's the best scorer off the bench. That's usually how who it goes to. So I think Clarkson will win this. He's actually third on my ballot. I have Jingles first. I do. It took everything in my power not to give it to Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I was about to say you gotta have Brunson second. Jalen Brunson. Oh, I love Jalen. I Brunson. hated Brunson as a prospect. Really? Yeah. I love those Nova teams. Oh, so I well, yeah, Nova was unbelievable. Out. I loved everyone coming out of that team. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson. That that was the whole this whole draft class. It was Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, Dante Divincenzo. And Josh Hart was that year, right? Was yeah. he in 2018? No, yeah. I I think he I don't think he was. He's I think 17 was, or eight? I think he was 18. I think he was 17. I Let could me, be wrong. I'll Let's get a fact check. I will fact check it. Really. Let's quick. see who's right. 2018. Oh no, right. 2017, 2018. It was 2017. All right. So yeah, I mean, all of those players. I mean, he obviously won a championship with them the year prior to him yeah. being drafted. So th- they all were on the same team. It's pretty simple. Yeah. But that Nova team, all those products that have come out of there have been really good players in the NBA. And mm-hmm. I've loved pretty much all of them. I've come out. And Jalen Brunson has meant so much to this Mavs team this year. And I listened to the Zach Lowe podcast about a week ago. Jalen Brunson was on it. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell like how much he just loves his his role as the sixth man yeah. and how he has to facilitate. And he's taking over for J.J. Barea, and he's just not stepped down from the opportunity. And it took everything in my power not to give it to him, <laughs> but the Jazz have just been, you know, the Jazz yeah. this year, and I can't deny that. So I went with Jingles because I probably thought you were going to go with Clarkson. I needed to shout it out Jingles. That's fair enough. All right. Defensive player of the year? Sure. Okay. I mean, this one's pretty easy. It is. I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. Yeah, same. But I don't think pretty easy is the right term because I think you can make a case for Simmons. Nah. I I think it's pretty clearly Gobert in my opinion. I'm not saying that it's not Gobert. I'm just saying by the way you're emphasizing it, I think it's closer than you You can make a case that Rudy Gobert has been the best defensive player in basketball for the past five years. Right. And he's won. He's about to win three defensive player of the years in four years. That tells you a lot. He's unbelievable. And like Simmons is fantastic. And spoiler alert, he's on my all defensive first team and uh, he can guard one through five, but He's a great perimeter defender. As a help defender, he's not as strong. And I value help defense a lot more than I value one-on-one defense. Like, the truly elite defenders are fantastic on help and support. And Rudy Gobert is fucking elite at that. And he's an elite (laughs) rim protector. And, I mean, I I just – you can't go wrong with Rudy. Like, it – it doesn't even matter what year it is. You can say make Rudy a case Gobert. for him. You can say Rudy Gobert and have a fucking great case for him. Yeah. It, it was the same with Draymond and Kawhi for like 
all of the mid 2010s, you know? I mean, I, it's just a case where it's like, you get so bored of the same person winning it every year. I mean, I, but when he's been that fucking great, you know, you can't go wrong. I mean, well, and here's the thing. I mean, it's like, you could say from like 2009 to 16 mm-hmm. or even after that, LeBron has been the best player and you can make the case as well for like since 16 that Gobert has been the best defender, even though he's not going to win that title. So, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Rudy. No. You just can't. All right. Coach of the year. All right. I had two, I had two guys that I was struggling to decide between, but I ultimately went with the not as fun pick. I took Monty Williams. Not me. I took fucking t- t- Tom Thibodeau. Ah, that was the guy I was. That was the guy I Look, was fighting right. with. As stupid as a case, this may be a stupid argument, but I'm going to use it. Okay. Going into this year, and I'm not just disc- when I say this, not trying to discredit Monty in any way because he's going to win it. He's not my pick, but he's going to win it. We both are going to agree. He's going but to win when it. When I tell you Tibbs was so close, I, I, I yeah. wanted to give it to Tibbs so bad, but you cannot deny what Monty has done. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And like I said, maybe this is dumb, but this is just my way of thinking. And, you know, my way of thinking is superior. Um, to everyone. Correct. To every single person. Going into this year, like, we didn't expect, I guess, Phoenix to be, like, this good. But we knew they would be solid. You know what I mean? We knew yeah. they were probably going to be a playoff team. We knew they were going to probably be in the upper half of the playoff teams, like at least like a five seed. Um, and like we saw what Monty has done when he took over. We could see that he has been, I mean, we saw it in the bubble last year going eight, you know, we knew the progression of this team was heading in the right direction. Phipps, every single person, including me, hated the hire. We thought that the Knicks were going to be shit this year. And they have just been unbelievable. Top four seed. I mean, and like I've said, the players all love him. He's going to stay in New York for a long while. I, and it's not so like, because I think, obviously, like I said, Monty, the, and if I Phoenix is going to the finals, which I do right now, obviously in him being a Ooh. key component of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Phipps just... No one, ex- I mean, so many people thought they were going to be a bottom three or four seed in the East and to be a top four seed in the East. I understand that the East is pretty shit, but my God, he has just been unbelievable. Um, and he is what the Knicks needed. Perfect hire. Yeah, I, it took everything in me to not say Tibbs uh, because like you said, everything you just said was facts. It was factual and I will not deny anything. It's just Monty Williams has been that fucking good. He's been that fucking good. Oh, yeah, good and I'm not year. trying to say he isn't because he's been fantastic. Now, this, like you said, the Suns were projected playoff team. I think we both had them in like the six to eight range, some shit like that, in our predictions for the season. And so we weren't expecting them to be a high seed, but like kind of in the lower tier. But they have just been, they almost were the one seed. They almost were the best team in the NBA by record. And you're obviously very high on them. I'm high on them. 
They have a fucking fantastic roster. And Monty Williams has done so much to maximize that talent, unlike coaches have before him in Phoenix. And I just think he deserves his respect. He will get it. I, I, I think he'll win it pretty likely. I think you agree with me that he'll win yeah. it. Um, but Tibbs, though, I agree. Tibbs, this close, this close. But I had to go with the guy who I see as a better shot. Like, he he turned around his team into a championship contender. Tibbs turned his team around into a playoff team. I don't really see them as a championship contender, though, if you get what right. I'm saying. But I think, like, the gap between – expectations reality is bigger okay, for new yeah. york that's that's fair that's fair for sure that's fair but yeah you're kind of convinced me to go tibbs now but that's my job on the pod I, i'm i'll <laughs> stick with monty i'll stick right, with Monty. fair enough i mean and there's no shame in that pick all right mvp uh, if you have a different answer i, have I know you have the same answer as nikola me, jokic if you don't have Jokic, like I'm just saying this to anyone out there. If you don't have Jokic as your MVP, you're fucking stupid. Just, <laughs> just plain and simple. He's been the best player in the NBA this year. Decide not like full year because Steph Curry happened in the later part of the season, but he's been the most consistent player in the NBA. He's been the most dominant player in the NBA for pretty much the entire year aside from <laughs> Steph Curry, but I mean, the shit that this guy does on the court is unparalleled. And he is one of the most unique. He's probably the most unique big man I've ever seen play. He's that special of a talent. He's literally a point center. It's, it's freaking hilarious. And I love skinny Jokic. He's completely turned himself into a freaking monster. I, I can't. I know you remember way. this. Were, I don't know. Were you on the, I think, I don't know if you were on the pod yet. I know so he was. Me and Sully actually had a podcast segment on if how Nikola Jokic would do as compared to his fat self and his skinny self. <laughs> I don't know if you were there yet. I don't remember it, but it went off. I think we were. It. I don't know what it was. Either we were answering questions or it was like an NBA predictions thing. And Sully was like, "Dude, I don't know, man." He was like, "Jokic, <laughs> he just he utilizes his body so much." is his skinny self going to like not be able to do that? And like, we went on for like 10 minutes. It was the funniest shit ever. Um, but no, I'm going Jokic. Um, even I, I, I gotta, you know, hype myself up a little bit. Maybe you're the same way, but when so many people were saying Embiid, I was still on the Jokic for MVP train. I stuck same. by it the whole year. And when he's going to win it, I want all the Sixers fans to DM me and be like, wow, we should have listened to you. You know me. I've always been on the Jokic train too. So you're not alone in that. So you got to DM him, Sam too. Yeah. That's, yeah, definitely. Sixers fans, what are you doing? Uh, uh, and then Warriors fans, when Curry doesn't win it and you say, what? No, he deserves it. Then you can DM us too. And I, I'm hearing people be like, Jokic didn't finish as the one seed and shit like that. I'm like, guys, he's a top three seed in the Western Conference, the Stack Conference in the NBA. And now, yes, the Clippers did help a little bit with their tank job, but 
they lost fucking Jamal Murray. Yeah. And if Jamal Murray was still on this team, they are my pick for the winner of the NBA finals. And I'm not, I'm literally not joking. I would pick them over Brooklyn. Would you? No. Okay. Would you pick them out of the West? Probably. Okay. But I would pick them in the finals. I'm not even joking. I would. I know, I know that's kind of a crazy take, but if Jamal Murray was on this team, I'd pick them to win the NBA. I like it though. I don't hate it. I, just, I think this team I mean, is so good. And going into the year, I don't remember where I had them seated going into the year. We'll, I don't have, to find the, we'll have to find the podcast. I don't remember. It. I think it was around three or four, yeah. probably. Or no, did I expect them to fall off? I don't fucking remember. But either way, throughout this year, I've just been impressed with this team the entire time. Like I've never been faltered by anything they've done. And, you know, you see teams like Brooklyn have their ups and downs. Uh, you know, Milwaukee have their ups and downs. The Nuggets have just been impressive the whole year. And that's been a big factor in that has been Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., who's been great, and then Nikola Jokic. That team has a big three that is all super young and locked up for a long time. They are going to be good for a long time. So... Get used to the Nuggets being good because their their time is coming, and I'm so angry that it didn't come this year. Yeah, but they're coming, and Jokic is he's he's gonna finish as one of the best big men in NBA history, in my opinion. Yep, another transformable player. All right, so now we're gonna run through quickly our NBA first team, defensive first team, rookie first team. I think we should just name oh, it all. Rookie first team. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, did you not do that? I didn't do a rookie first team, but oh. I could do. I could do it off the top of my head. It's all right. Okay. My apologies. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You see, uh, you see, everyone that's listening, the planning on this podcast is superb. We it's, do a great it's, job. It's the best. It's uh, the but best. as for now, we'll do all NBA first team. I'll read mine off. There's gonna be one spot. You, I know you're gonna disagree with, but I don't care. That's what we're here for. Um, okay. And then you can read off yours. So. I have Steph Curry. I know you'll agree with that one, though. James Harden. Giannis. What? James. Okay. Embiid, and then Jokic. James Harden. Yeah. That is interesting. I don't even know if he'd make. Ah, no, he would. He's been. Oh, he's oh, he's definitely making a third. At least a third. He can't make the first team though with his injuries, dude. But it's about what he does when he's not injured. And you can't remember. Uh, I don't know about that. You, you did you see him at the start of the year with the Rockets? That still accounts for his his play. He was brutal at the start of the year with the Rockets. Mm. Don't know if brutal is the right word. It wasn't very pretty. But go on as the season progresses, and he's been unbelievable when he's yeah, healthy. You can't not take health into the equation, though. You can. LeBron, LeBron would be first-team All-NBA every single year if you didn't take health into the equation. Right, but you also can't use it as the overriding deciding factor. I'm going to use it as an overriding deciding factor. Can't use it to a, I don't know, whatever. Name off yours. All right, so I got Steph. I got Luka. I got Giannis. I've got Embiid. I've got Jokic. Okay. I think we're, are we so four we have, or five? Are yeah. We four or five? Okay. We are. It was very close between Luca 
and Dame. Yeah, I was thinking I Dame too. Decide. I couldn't decide, but I went with Luca. Um, but yeah. Okay. All right. Defensive first team. You wanna? I'll let you do the honors this time right, first. I'll go first. So I got Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Draymond, Giannis, Rudy Gobert. Okay. I have Holiday, Drew Holiday, oh. Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert. Ooh, no Giannis. No. I, you obviously can make a case. I just, I don't know. Just put in <laughs> Drew. Well, Drew's a guard. Right. I'm saying so I just like kind of shifted everyone, I guess. I don't know. Well, so wait, you had we had the same thing except you had Drew instead of Giannis, correct? Yeah. Okay. Cause I there are a lot of people not respecting Draymond this year, like defensively. No, he's know? been unbelievable. He's still the smartest defensive player in basketball. Yeah. Like it's no question. He's people just forget how good Draymond is because of his offensive game. And the last year, obviously, because last year was just a shit show for the four years. But all right. I, I think I know your answer is I don't know if I asked this question to you. It's a little off topic, but I think it's a good question. I'm listening. If you probably already know what it's gonna be. If Draymond retires today, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought your answer would be. I, I don't know why this is a question. He is a clear Hall of Famer. There's a lot of debate over this, though. It's like, no, there's no debate, in my opinion. I, I'm going to say yes, but it is intriguing to see. Like, I don't agree with it, but the people who argue no, I mean, it's a very – on Twitter, I see it, like, all the time with those NBA accounts. It's like – and on Reddit, so I don't know. If you guys are interested in that uh, argument, go check it out on Twitter and Reddit. All right. Rookie team, do you have yours ready? Do you want to can... name mine off, and then you can just, like, see? Yeah, if, you... if I can edit it, I guess. Okay. LaMelo Ball. Yep. Anthony Edwards. Yep. Tyrese Halliburton. Yep. Manuel Quickly. And then yep. Jay Sean Tate. I am going to replace Jay Sean Tate with Sadiq Bay. Okay, that's fair. Sadiq Bay has been fucking great for the Pistons Dude, this the, year. I, I have a friend, a good friend, who's a Pistons fan. And, I mean, like, every day he's like, dude, like, he's talking about like, Sekou, Sadiq Bay. You know, he's talking about all, like, the young Isaiah Stewart, like, the young talent they have on their team that it's not, like, incredible, but it's, like, pretty good. They're really good. They've got really good players there. Right. Yeah. And he's like, dude, listen to me. We tanked this year. We're going to get that number one overall pick after next year. We're going to be competitive. He's like talking so much about this Pistons team. And it's like, obviously you don't spend too much time looking at a Detroit team and like the state that are in, they suck. I mean, even though we're praising the young talent, they suck, but like you go in death and it's going to be very fun to see them in a couple years from now, especially yeah, if, you know, I mean, we saw this year, they suck. So they're going to get a high draft pick whoever they utilize that on bring that into the equation it's gonna be cool i mean like they have really good supporting pieces right now they just don't I mean, have like a true guy i mean jeremy Grant is get... not like a number one no he's not they're gonna trade him before his contract's up they're gonna trade him for a lot of firsts and his value is really good right now so they can sit on him for a bit but like if they get that number one pick and take Cade. And that's their like franchise star. 
Yeah. They are cooking with gas in Detroit. I will say that. And they have a lot of like things to be happy about in the future. Yeah. What? Uh, is there any other rookies you want to talk about on that list or? No. I mean, you the other. You brought up all the other three, except quickly. Yeah. Quickly, she's been awesome. Dude. Of course, I'm going to throw it in there. I would too. I love quickly. He's awesome. Yeah. Go Knicks. Any Knicks player. Go Knicks. Love them. I can't, I, I can't wait for our predictions. Can't wait. Gonna hype oh, up the Knicks we're, we're so just much. gonna we're just gonna hype up the Knicks the entire time. Dude, I, I I genuinely think if we change this to a Knicks podcast, I'd be good with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not even fans of the Knicks, but I we'll just be, it's like we'll just have it's to... like Super Bowl week of you know and Next the season. NFL, <laughs> and we're just like, what should the Knicks do moving forward? <laughs> the trade deadline is in two weeks. What should the Knicks do? Yeah, right. Oh you god, know. that'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's it. Is the highlighted podcast? No, Sully. Um, S A C K L E S S. What does that spell? Sackless. Nice one, Sully. Um, we don't miss you. But we'll come. He'll come back Thursday. Uh, hopefully, he'll. He should be the one hyping up the Knicks, not us. The Knicks fan himself. We haven't heard him talk about the Knicks really this year because we kind of fucking bitched out on NBA content. The this first year. time me and Sully will ever agree on something is the Knicks. Except not Julius Randle, right? Because I'm. <laughs> he knows. I so if you're listening, I doubt you are. But just know, like I'm coming at your throat. You can't. You, you said it. You're gonna own up to it. Gonna I'm make gonna sure make you a, know about. I keep going. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm just gonna be. I just said I'm gonna make sure he knows what he said. Kurt, we have to buy Sully a Julius Randle jersey. Can we actually? We should. We should. I, I think we should. And then we have to have him hang it up in the back okay. of his of his setup. And that's always gonna haunt him. Okay. Forever. Love that idea. I want everyone at home to let us know about that idea because I think that's a good one. All right. But yeah, highlighted ASC podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Until Thursday, we'll catch you guys later. Or Friday. Bye. Friday. Friday. Yeah, because the NBA will be set by then. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you guys. See ya. Bye bye.